process of explaining the 15 steps or I should rather say 15 methods of <coughs> of being aware of the true nature of one's own self of the true nature of the universe, of the inherent oneness that exists in and through all the diversities and disparities, because that is the releasing knowledge. The knowledge which reveals the oneness among all apparently diverse entities, apparently entities that are adversarial, adversarial to one another, that in the core of them, as a basis of them, there is oneness. There is no difference whatever, not even that, not that, 
Ishvara is more present in a bigger thing and less present in a small thing. Ishvara blesses by his presence an elephant as much as an ant. Samoham, total sameness, total equanimity. That is a reality. As it turns out, that reality itself has chosen to, or whatever the reason is, manifests as a universe of all these entities, names and forms, which outwardly are so different from each other, even in many cases antagonistic to each other also, that if what appears on the surface is given reality and that's what everybody does, that unfortunately are born with ignorance, giving reality to what is on the surface, giving reality also to one's own self, which is perceived to be limited. Thus giving reality to one's own sense of limitation, giving reality to the divisions, diversities, disparities, divisions that appear on the surface. The life is full of all the problems. Our life is full of strife. Hell is not to be sought anywhere else. This is enough to create hell for everybody. The only way that we can become free from this strife and struggle and conflict and fears and anxieties and complexes and sadness is to discover the fact that there is no reason for this to be so. If the divisions, disparities were real, if the real thing caused us unhappiness, it's understandable that we have a valid or legitimate reason to be unhappy. But there is no valid or legitimate reason at all to be unhappy, even for a moment. If you knew what appears on the surface, what it really is. So many waves appear on the surface of the ocean. Each wave thinks it's different from the other wave, clashing with the other ones, vying in order to overcome and over... But you all knew that we are all water, there will be no need to com- compare, no need to compete. So all those things that cause conflicts and resultant misery, there will be no reason for them. The reasons for comparison com- and complexes, inferiority or superiority, need to assert oneself need to defend oneself. And then the resultant conflicts, all of this is not necessary, no need. There's no reason for this. Because what appears on the surface is not real. So this is a Vedantic theme. Is that all you need to do in your life? 
is just understand things as they are see things as they are see yourself as you are and see other things as they are and you'll discover there's all the reason for joy and love and happiness and no reason whatever for any strife or unhappiness that's the vision of the non-duality which is in and through the apparent duality. So what is Nididhyasaram? This meditation is focusing attention on what is real, not what is superficial, not what it appears to be, what it really is. <coughs> and so this is Nididhyasaram. And the teacher here says that all you need to do is this. No practice is ideal, no practice is necessary. Nothing is necessary. Your seeing is necessary. That's all you need. See what is and then decide whether you need to do something or not. Having taken for granted that I am separated from Ishwara, I become one. That I am bound, I have to become liberated. You've been taken that for granted and then you are struggling hard. But before doing that, discover whether the basis of a struggle that I am a limited entity, that world is different from me, that I have to defend myself, etc. The basis of all these assumptions, is it valid? So, Vedanta does not take anything for granted. And these very basic assumptions upon which the life is based, they are themselves questioned. Everybody else takes for granted that this is reality, that we have, we have to defend ourselves. That we have to do this, we have to assert our, this is reality. And then they will find out what's the best way of doing it. Either genuine or spurious so-called politics, etc. But Vedanta says, before you proceed to do anything, see whether there is any reason for it. See what is. You have taken things for granted. You are seeing what is really. It's not that we don't see Brahman. Not that we don't experience Brahman. Because what is is Brahman, you cannot experience anything else because there is nothing else. The problem is not with experience. Problem is interpretation of the experience. <coughs> we all the time experience ourselves. But from whatever experience we have, we have concluded that we are limited, I am limited. The world is different. Nobody has told me that. And we can't say we experience duality, we can't say that. We interpret as duality what we experience, understand? When you say you experience duality, you can experience for it is there. For us to claim that we all experience duality, I experience a limited self, you can experience for it is there. It's not that we experience a limited self. 
is not that we experience duality. We only interpret what we experience as being limited self as there's duality and division. Problem not of experience, problem interpreting our experience. And that is called ignorance. The wrong interpretation is called ignorance. So, they are questioning our interpretations. Do you have any reason to conclude that you are a limited being? Do you have any reason to conclude that world is different from you, you are different from the world? That world is a different way, is again based on who I am, but do you have any reason to accept your conclusion about yourself? So, this is Vedanta. <clears throat> and just seeing what is, we relieve you from all the strife and problems. Because what is is so beautiful. What is is beautiful. Simple and beautiful. Truth cannot be many, truth has to be one. Even the scientists also declare truth has to be simple. Although, as they keep on probing into what the truth is, things are getting more and more complicated. And they still keep on probing anyway. With this belief, the truth has to be simple and beautiful. Looks like it is complicated, but it must be simple and beautiful. That, that belief is there. And that is true. So when you see what is, is simple and beautiful, you know, there can be no reason for any unhappiness. The whole text only focused upon what is. And in some hundred verses, ninety-nine verses explained to us what is. And if that was not enough, the last these verses tell us that, all right, understand this is what it is. Therefore, Always focus your attention on this and not what your belief system is. Habitually, we are habituated to take ourselves as a limited being. Habituated to take the duality as real. Therefore, remind, remind yourself. That's called alertness. So, nididhyasanam means being alert to the reality of life, reality of ourselves. Reality of life, which happens to be one simple thing. So, therefore, the teacher said, there is no need for you to torture anything and, and, and practice, etc. or restrain. As you are, you are complete. As the universe is, it is complete. As things are, it is complete. Purnam eva vashishyate, what is is Purnam? See this fact. In order to create this fact, fact is there, just see it. So, Nididhyasana means seeing what is. But knowledge means seeing what is. And Nididhyasana means creating a new vasana or habit of seeing what is. Because so long our mind has been accustomed to, habituated to seeing what is not or interpreting, having distorted interpretation of what the experience is, the true interpretation of what we experience. 
So up to Dharana we discuss now, we can continue with the verse 123. So Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi. So next step is Dhyanam, meditation. <coughs> so in verse 123, the teacher now explains what is a Vedantic meditation. This Vedantic Yoga is being explained and the meditation also is consistent with the yoga that has been explain, being explained so far. Brahmaivasmiti sadhvritya Niralambatayasthiti Dhyana shabdena vikhyata Paramananda Daini So meditation upon what? Upon what is? Upon what I am? Brahmasmi. Brahma Evasmi. Not, not a Brahma, Brahma Evasmi. I am Brahman and nothing else. Evakara excludes everything else. I am Brahm, only Brahman. Brahman alone I am and nothing else. Brahma, that Evakara shows here the firmness of this conviction. That I am convinced already with my understanding, Shravanam, Mananam, I am convinced that what I am is only Brahman. And what is is Brahman? Idi Sadvritya, that Vritti, that vision in mind is called Vritti. That vision of seeing myself as Brahman and seeing what is this Brahman, that vision you call it, knowledge you call it, that's Vritti of the thought, the Jnana Vritti. That Vritti is qualified as Sad Vritti. This vision or this knowledge is not just knowledge. Sad Vritti. Sati Vritti. Sati means real. True. Meaning what? Pramanantar Bahad Ayogya. This knowledge that I am Brahman cannot be assailed by anything else. Nobody can, nothing can prove it wrong or nothing can contradict it. So only thing that cannot be contradicted, cannot be proven wrong, cannot be improved upon, and that alone is called truth. That's the knowledge. So this knowledge that I am Brahman alone and nothing else, <coughs> So this knowledge or vision <clears throat> is unassailable. What do you mean it's unassailable? You see duality everywhere. The perception reveals duality. Does it not contradict? Your vision that I am non-dual? Is it not that all our perception, all of the means of knowledge that we have? Perception is the means of knowledge. What we experience at the level of senses. 
and the inference that etc they be carried out in mind don't they contradict that all there is is non dual says no perception doesn't say that there is duality my eyes or ears they don't tell they simply give me the stimuli they only give me data of what it is is buddhi that interprets that this is drishya or subject object and i am subject this subject object duality is created by buddhi but first branding itself as subject and then branding other things as object so first we brand ourselves normally in world we brand others but here we brand ourselves first as what a subject and distinguish myself i am subject no is like me not realizing that by so doing i am isolating myself creating insecurity for myself i am subject so this division of subject object is this a real division have looked into what's the nature of subject what's the nature of object is like one iceberg saying that i'm different from the other fellow but the iceberg has to see who am i i am also water and this little one also is water so what is so called subject also is consciousness or asti bhadi prem object also is that only an ocean of asti bhadi in which the asti bhadi so many icebergs are there what is an iceberg that water because of ahankara it has become solidified and and pronounce its own existence independent existence and i'm different from others bigger than others smaller than others fighting with others it's called projection because an iceberg is nothing but water it thinks that it exists on its own it doesn't it exists only because of water shines and water is its truth therefore brahma evasmi no experience in fact assails or falsifies this knowledge this conclusion this conclusion or knowledge falsifies everything else therefore sadvritya pramanantar baad ayogya this knowledge that brahman cannot be assailed by perception that oh isn't that when you perceive duality that your non duality is assailed or is proven no because duality is seen as mithya mithya cannot assail what is satyam never brahma vasvad vrutya by this vritti by this vision niralambataya sthitihi sthitihi avasthanam just remaining not doing anything this remaining with this vision that i am brahman and brahman alone i am non dual brahman just remain be that that's what you are avasthiti sthiti means avasthanam just being that before being usually require some kind of support for being i require something to stand on some kind of a locus i require this is niralambataya sthiti you do not require alambaram alambaram means some kind of a plank some kind of a platform some kind of a support 
You see, normally when you perform meditation, there is always an object of meditation, dhyanam. You can choose like Lord, you can choose any object of meditation, like Lord Krishna, and then you meditate, and then what is meditation? Maintaining a constant flow of the thought. So meditation, as is usually understood, always has an object of meditation, an alambaram. So use this murti as an alambanam or as a prop to meditate upon Lord Krishna. So mind requires some prop, some springboard to be able to lift itself to what that pratika, what that alambanam, what pratika, what that symbol stands for. But here nila alambanam, you do not require any alambanam. You are the alambanam of everything. So I am Brahman does not require any. Why is it so? Why am I? I am Brahman. That's nature. Nature does not require any another prop. Fire does not need to be supported by something to remain hot. Similarly, I am Brahman. On my own nira alam, without any alambanam, without any object of awareness, an object of meditation. So this is a dhyanam which is without alambaram. Ordinarily dhyanam or meditation always involves some alambaram, some object of meditation. This is niralambaram. So in that sense this meditation differs from the traditional conventional meditation. So niralambatayasthiti, the remaining what I am, to be what I am, I do not require any prop, any support. Just be what you are, remain what you are, as Brahman. Dhyana Shabdena Vikyata. This is called Dhyanam. There is no flow of thought, understand here. There is no object of meditation. There is no flow of thought. It's just you be what you are. Avasthitihi, sthitihi. Avasthitihi, being, remaining, abiding. So, dhyana shabdena vikhyada. In Vedantic circles, this is called dhyana, meditation. Which does not satisfy the definition of traditional meditation. Which requires an object of meditation. Which requires a flow of thought. No object of meditation. No alambaram. No prop, no, no meditation, no thinking, no thought process, just being. Because fire doesn't do things that I, you know, for I'm, I'm hot. Let me see why am I hot. But it takes some kind of an object to, to meditate upon heat. Fire does not need to meditate upon heat. Fire just remains. Water doesn't do meditate upon coolness. If some kind of a problem was there, water thought that I am hot because of fire, contact with fire, then it just has to become cool and remain cool. So water remaining cool, what is called meditation, Vedantic meditation. Just I remaining what I am. Dhyana Suddhena Vikhyata. Paramananda Dhyani. Sthiti. This titihi dhyana sabdena vikyada. This being what I am is called meditation. This titihi, 
This abidance is Paramananda Dayani. It is reproductive of or it is giver of Paramananda, limitless Ananda. Because limitless Ananda is Brahman is my nature. So this me what I am itself, even though it says gives you Ananda, it doesn't give you, you are Ananda. You don't, you don't see that I am experiencing Ananda, even that is not so. I am Ananda. Although it is Paramananda, I am productive of Paramananda, all night. But wise person doesn't, I am enjoying Ananda, I am Ananda. Dhyana Shabdena Vikhyada. This is well known as Dhyanam meditation. <coughs> and finally, Samadhi. Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi. Antyam, Samadhi Rubam, Panchadashamangam, Lakshayati. Finally, the fifteenth step called Samadhi Lakshana. The definition of that is given now in the next verse. Nirvikarataya vrutya Brahma karataya punaha Vrutti vismaranam samyaka Samadir jnana samyaka This is Samadhi. Samadhi means absorption. But this Samadhi is the name. Knyana Sangyagaha Samadhi. This Samadhi called Gnanam is Gnana Samadhi. Not Andha Samadhi. So, Andha Samadhi. This is the Gnana Samadhi. So, Samadhi Gnana Sangyagaha. It is Samadhi known as knowledge. <coughs> So, nirvikārataya. What is nirvika? Vishaya anusandhana rahitataya antahkana vṛtya. The mind that no more now dwells upon any sense objects. The mind that is made free from the dwelling upon any sense objects. So, nirvikār. Sense objects are always changing. An object of thought always changes. So as long as the thought is centered on an object, the thought also will change. Because object changes, so thought also changes. That change is called vikara, modification. So usually our thoughts keep changing. There is always modification in thought. One thought replaced by another thought, etc., or even if you just, one thought is there of an object, since object itself has a nature of modification, therefore the thought also will undergo modification. So thought which is a name and form is always subject to modification. Where the name and form comes from the object, therefore nirvikarataya <coughs> through changelessness, Vikara means modification, nirvikara, free from modification, free from change. So first of all, the mind is made free from the dwelling upon all the objects, all names and forms, and therefore the mind becomes nirvikara, becomes changeless, because the changing element of name and form is not there. 
पुनः अनंतरमेव ब्रह्माकारतया सो नॉट ओनली माइंड इज निर्विकार बट माइंड इज ब्रह्माकार बिकॉज ब्रह्मन इज निर्विकार ओनली थिंग दैट डज नॉट चेंज एवरीथिंग इज सब्जेक्ट टू चेंज ओनली दट डज चेंज इज ब्रह्मन विच इज दी वेरी सब्सट्रेट ऑफ ऑल द चेंजेस सो ब्रह्माकारतया दिस नो आकार आई एम ब्रह्मन बट इज टॉल ब्रह्माकार बिकॉज दैट वृत्ति रिवील्स दैट आई एम ब्रह्मन See right now also the vritti is there in my mind. What does that reveal? I am a jiva. So when you say that I am so and so, when you describe yourself, whether you talk or not, but you know who you are. So we are aware of what we are at any any given moment. How? How do you know who you are? I cannot say I do not know myself. I am aware of myself. I know myself. How do I know? Oh, Swami, I see myself there in the ceiling. Then I know who I am. Do I see myself? See, always talk of Paroksha Jnana, which is very, you know, we get, I mean, always uh, uh, very anxious, nervous. Aparokshignana. That's not for me. Beyond words, beyond speech, beyond this, that, I get intimidated. So, question is, can I right now? Do I know myself or not? Do I know myself as an object, as a thought? How do I know? As an object of senses, do I know myself? As a thought, do I know myself? Is an object of thought, meaning who I are you? You know, let me think. Who I am? Do I have to? Who I am is a self-revealing knowledge right now. Also, understand? Is a parokshignana because I is a paroksha is immediate. Therefore, the knowledge I is always a paroksha even now. Then what's the problem? Sorry, problem is that in that a paroksha, some paroksha thing also is mixed up. That's all. In that I am, that so and so is mixed up. That so and so is paroksha, is drushya, is an atma. So it's not that I have to create an experience of myself from experience that already exists. I just have to let go what I am not. <coughs> so that's habitual. Habitually, I keep on lumping in I what I am not. Because of the identification of the body, etc. So recognize that element, just remove it. So again, this process is merely negating what I am not. I don't even assert who I am. Yes, you recognize. Yes, I am free. I am complete. This fact you see also immediately as an immediate fact. How do you know, Swami, that I am happy? How do you know that you are happy? No, somebody is telling me. My mother must tell me that I'm happy. Is that what it is? How do you know you're happy? You know, with immediate knowledge. So knowledge of I is always immediate. You don't make it immediate. What is not immediate has to be just let go. 
which is the part that comes from identification with what I am not. That's why Viveka, that's why in Vedanta they teach Viveka. What is Viveka? Separating. Therefore, Brahma Kartaya. Right now my mind says that I am Jiva. My mind says I am Brahman, that's all, nothing else. Whatever right now tells me that I am Jiva. Somebody tells me that I am Jiva, that's why I say I am Jiva, isn't it? So whoever tells me, that tells me I am Brahman. Then your death, the work is done. Until then, we have to keep on negating what I am not. So, Brahma, Kartaya, that very Nirvikara, changeless itself, it's seen, is seen as Brahma. Brahma, I am Brahman. So, Punaha, yet Samyak Prapancha Samskaraitam, Dhyatrudhyakarud, see, understand that today also, my knowledge about myself, does not involve the knower-known duality, even now also. Now also I know myself not as an object of knowledge, do I? The subject-object duality is not there in the self-knowledge even today. And therefore, that knowledge that I am Brahman is a self-revealing knowledge being, therefore doesn't involve any effort on my part to visualize something or objectify something. So there is no dhyata, dhyanam, there is no subject-object duality. This Brahma Kartaya, that which devoid of this duality of the subject-object, Vritti Vismaranam, that no more vritti means dvaita anusandhanam. No more anusandhanam, no more dwelling upon the duality of subject-object. No more creating duality, I create creating duality of subject-object. Even today also, when I see things as object, and it is my own creation. I create the subjectness in myself and then brand the thing as object. The subject-object duality is a creation of myself. Don't create it. So subject, object, so there was no anusandhanam, no meditation, no uh, thinking of the subject, object or any duality. So that is called samadhi. And so, samyak vritti vismaranam. So vritti vismaranam. The forgetfulness of all mental activity means duality. Samyak completely. When no subject, object, duality remains, you just you are what you are. Without any attempt, no attempt, no effortlessness. Moment effort is there, somebody who making effort shows up. That state of effortlessness. Because in one's own nature, there is no effort required to be what you are. So that effortlessness, remaining myself or being myself is called samadhi. You say that there is no vritti in your mind, at that time there is no vritti. Sounds like deep sleep, because in deep sleep state also it is something like this. In deep sleep state also, when there is total blanket of ignorance, the subject-object duality is also not there. So you, the description of Samadhi looks like that. says, no, no, Brahma Atma Ike Bodha Bhave. 
Merely forgetting the thought is not what we mean. It is not merely absence of thought. That is what? The shining of presence of Brahman. So in deep sleep state, there is absence of all right, but at the same time, there is no knowledge that I am Brahman. Here there is a vast difference. Although the absence of duality, subject, object, duality is common to both deep sleep and this, except that it is characterized by the darkness of ignorance, it is characterized by the light of knowledge, the awareness of Brahman. So Gnana Sanyaka the deep sleep also is a samadhi. Agnana sanyaka of the nature character of ignorance. Or sometimes the samadhi, which is what blind samadhi, even the even a yogi also can attain this nirvikalpa samadhi, which is an excellent thing, but still that need not necessarily produce knowledge that I am Brahman. You could experience non-duality in what we call the nirvikalpa samadhi, yes. So, the difference between deep sleep and nirvikalpa samadhi is that in deep sleep there is no awareness at all. In nirvikalpa samadhi there is an awareness. And therefore, experience of non-duality. However, that experience does not necessarily result in knowledge that I am non-dual. So, here is awareness of one being Brahman, one being Brahman. So one is absolutely blind samadhi and deep sleep. One is under samadhi, you know. And this one is the jnana samadhi. <coughs> Brahma kartas furana rupaha where I am Brahman is revealing itself. Just as today I am Jiva is revealing itself, I am Brahman is revealing itself. So no effort is required for you to reveal yourself, you are self-revealing. The abidance in this swarupa of myself that I am Brahman is called Samadhi here, Jnana Samadhi. <clears throat> so this, all the 15 steps are described here. And therefore the essentially text is complete for all our purposes. Other what follows you, whether you know it doesn't matter really. It's all appendix. It should have been stopped, I don't know. But anyway, the author is for whatever reason, continued with all sorts of verses there. So anyway, so now, idanim yadatham sangavinam nisanutadaha So this nididhyasanam, the meditation of 15 steps or 15 kinds, as you say. Meditation is one, but 15 methods as though are given to us. 15 words are given. So our samadhi leads to this. Dharana leads to this. Dhanam, every word leads to this only. In a very, very, uh, I shouldn't say clever manner, but in a very brilliant manner, how every word is now interpreted, explained to lead to this. So why does the teacher prescribe this samadhi? So next verse is, Ivam chakratrimanandam Tavat sadhu samabhyaset Vashyoya vachanat pumsaha Prayukta sambhavet svayam Yamcha akratrimanandam 
कृत्रिम मीन्स वॉट सुपरफिशियल अननेचुरल अकृत्रिम नेचुरल सो दिस आनंद इज डिस्टिंग फ्रॉम अदर काइंड ऑफ हैप्पीनेस दैट वी गेट विच इज ऑल अकृत्रिम इज कृत्रिम The kind of pleasure that we get from sense objects, etc., are all created, and they are very subject to subsiding. That all kinds of happiness that we get has a beginning and an end, and therefore it is not real. Krutrim, all apparent, all false. A krutrim, this ananda that you are. Has no beginning, no end, because there is no knower, known, or experience, or experience duality. So this is Swarubhut Ananda, Ananda which is our own nature. So it's not created, uncreated Ananda. Akrutrimam nirnimittam. What is why I Ananda for no reason. Ananda that we normally experience always has a reason. Something desirable happened. This is for no reason at all, because just manifesting itself. Whatever barriers were there, its manifestation being removed by various creeds of ignorance being removed, just becomes self-evident. Tavas sadhu samabhyaset. So long samabhyaset, one should very well practice this. Sadhu very well practice. This sadhu here, you know, is what? Sadhu is adverb. He doesn't refer to some sadhu means some some saintly person. Some sadhu is the it qualifies samabhyaset. Very well, you should practice. So in fact, abhyaset means practice. Samabhyaset means practice very well. Sadhu again means all perfectly. Anyway, so one should practice this. How long should you keep on practicing? I am Brahman. I am Brahman. I am Brahman. How long? Vashoya vachanat pumsa prayukta samavet swayam. So imamcha, so chakarat yathabuddhi vedanta vicharamapi, meaning that you continue your vedanta vichara also if necessary. This shravanam manam also can be continued while this nididhyasana is there if necessary. As long as Shravanam and Manam help you to do this better, do them. But ultimately, practice of this is the most important. How long should you practice? Until a time when you don't have to practice. That's all. All practice is meant to make us free from practice. Why? Because this is our nature. The practice is because I become it has become a habit to behave in an unnatural manner. Sometimes we adopt some practices which are unnatural. You know, don't sit like this, and so they keep telling you. you know. So, so some the unnatural things we have somehow adopted. So, looks like the practice being natural, you know. But once you have you gain your nature, like the health, keep on taking medicine. How long until your health is totally recovered? Once you recover, then you don't have to do anything. Then you remain healthy. Similarly, also you practice this until all the disease of ignorance, meaning that all the superimposition, habitual superimposition, goes, and this becomes spontaneous for you. It will become because of nature. 
Nature has to become spontaneous. That we are not spontaneous is unnatural. We should be spontaneously happy. That we are not happy is unnatural for us. But ignorance has created unnatural things. Therefore, we keep on practicing nature so that unnatural things slowly and slowly is, 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 no, I mean, is, is negated. Until the force of this natural thing we have so much, it keeps asserting. Right now the ignorance is asserting. Habit wrong assert. You practice this so long that I am Brahman asserts everything. Then you don't have to practice. Prayukta sambhavet swayam that whenever you want this becomes, it comes in your mind. You, you command. Akrutrimananda come, it comes. You don't have to keep on practicing do things. So in the beginning everything requires that bicycle also requires a lot of practice and then you fall down and balance and this and that and then how long do you do? Until you don't need to practice then you can do it effortlessly. So what happens when you do this practice? Next verse is Tatasadana Nirmuktaha Siddho Bhavati Yogirad Tat Swarupam Nachaitasya Vishayo Manasogiram Tata Sadhana Nirmukta Then you become free from the need to practice. You practice so long that you gain freedom from the need to practice. How long should a river keep on running towards the ocean? Up to a point when it no more has to run. Because ocean is the nature of river. So when the river merges into ocean, it merges into its own self. What was called river formerly comes to be called samudra. River has become samudra. No more to go. No more to practice. So abiding in it. Then what is, when river merges the ocean, it abides in its own nature. So then it has become free from the need to merge into ocean, go to the ocean. Sadhanirmukta becoming free, having become free from the need to practice. Because now it has become your nature. You don't need to practice nature. As you said, when you wake up from a nightmare, then you, am I awake? Am I awake? Really? So it takes some time for the effect of the dream to go away from you. So then you have to keep on, I'm awake. I'm awake. Once you are totally awake, and you abide in your nature which is wakeful, you don't have to practice. You become sadhana rahita. All sadhana is meant for becoming sadhana rahita. All means are meant for becoming free from the need of means. Siddho, now he's called Siddha. He's called an accomplished one, successful one, perfected one. Siddha, perfected one. Siddho, Bhavati Yogirat. He's called Yogirat. Not only Yogi, so he was Yogi, was practicing. He's Yogirat. He's king among the Yogis. So, that Swarupam Chaitasya Vishayo Manasogiram. This yogi is perfect. He is always perfect. He is not perfected. He is perfect. There would have been perfected. 
the mind kept on only only disowning the perfectness what is happening is the mind because of its habit keeps on disowning the perfectness i am perfect so i am not perfect right now i keep telling my mind hey you are perfect i am not perfect meaning the mind doesn't have that bigness to even accept that i am perfect no 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 i can't be perfect everybody can be i can't be that's kind of mind i have right now you tell him million times no not me i i think swami is telling somebody else when that mind gets convinced oh i am being told yeah i think it makes sense yeah i see that yeah i am that you know then you become yogi rat now you become the king among the mean that you are accomplished perfected yogi perfected means one who is now seen one's own perfection and now abides no more denies no more disowns that perfection that's all tat swarupam chaitasya vishayo manaso giram hey what's the nature of this yogi same as brahman sevetat paramam brahmaveda Brahmayo Bhavati, says Mandokovanishad, the one who knows that I am Param Brahma, the one who knows Param Brahma, becomes Param Brahma. One who knows the tenth man, becomes tenth man. Doesn't become, he is. But now he owns of that fact. So, what is, what is the nature of the yogi? Tat Sarupam Chaitasya Vishayo Manasogiram The real nature of this yogi is beyond the words and speech because Brahman does not lend itself to words and, and thought and so the yogi now abides in that, his own nature which is beyond the description in words or visualization of thought which is the self. So this is called mukti. This is called abidance in knowledge and this alone can be called knowledge in the real sense. So knowledge, now we all have by the way. Except this knowledge assailed by various what we call prachibandhakas or obstacles. And depending upon the extent of obstacle, we feel that we don't know. We know. But obstacles are there. Sometimes lack of clarity, sometimes various doubts. And greatest obstacle is the habit of taking myself to be jivatma. coming from identification that's biggest obstacle so now the process to remove obstacles the reason why we keep on exposing ourselves to this shravan again again is to gain further and further clarity further conviction and to become free from all wrong notions wherever they may be so once clarity is there no doubts are left then next step is to become free from the old habit So it's not next step, it all goes on together, you know. So keep on practicing this knowledge, try to practice this knowledge in the life. This is the question, what does it mean to me? I'm not going to do about, now I'm about to do this action, what does this knowledge mean to me? Aham Brahma, what does it mean? In this situation. So keep on asking that and try to do that. Because habitually we always act as we are, we are jivas. And so bring this. So, this is the way that Jeevatvam is habitual thing has become so deeply rooted then we have to create this new habit. Thus, our, our now the 
the uh, what remains to be done is removal of obstacles and thus ultimately you attain you abide in your natural self Akhandaikarasa Brahma Swarubhatvena Avasthan Lakshana Moksha Falado. This is called Moksha. Akhandaikarasa Brahma Swarubhatvena. What is the Swarubham? What is the true nature? Brahman. What is Brahman? Ekarasa. Homogeneous. Akhanda. Non-dual. So undivided, homogeneous Brahman, which is the Swarubham, the true nature of myself, abiding in that nature of myself which does not admit of any khanda or any divisions, which does not admit also of even differences, it is homogeneous. That now the iceberg recognizes I am just pure water. There is no bigness, there is no, as an iceberg there is bigness and smallness and you know all kinds of things. But what it is, ekarasam is homogeneous water. Akhanda, there is no even separation between two icebergs also. Akhanda, Ekarasa, so the iceberg discovers itself to be undivided, homogeneous water as my nature. And so also, undivided, homogeneous Ananda or Brahman is my nature. And abiding in that is called moksha, is called liberation. This yoga, Guru Nugrahata Sukarhasti, this yoga becomes easy to practice when we enjoy the grace of Ishvara, grace of teacher, grace of Shastra, and grace. So we have to acquire this fourfold grace of Ishvara, then of teacher, then the scripture, and then the self. All of these have become totally favorable. And finally, the self has become totally favorable to me because the self alone that keeps on creating obstacles. When it doesn't do, well, but then don't take it for granted that, that it's, you know, there can be obstacles also. Another, we'll, it is easy, we'll do it sometime, don't worry. It's easy, I'm just what is there, just to be myself, so it can wait. Another, do not ignore it, do not be indifferent to that. Why is it so? Vignabahulya Sambhavar because there can be a host of obstacles in doing this yoga or in owning up this knowledge. Yoga is owning up the knowledge. But in that also there can be a host of obstacles. So the teacher feels that he should mention this also to alert us. So next two verses says here Samadho Kriyamarnetu Vigna ayanti vai balat. Vigna ayanti Oh. Vignan is. Here is Vignan nyayati. Okay. Hmm. Anusandhana rahityam. Alasyam bhogalalasam. Layastamascha vikshepaha Rasaswadascha shunyatam Evam yad vignabahulyam Dhyajam brahma vidashanai 
samadhau kriyamanetu. When this one is practicing this samadhi, meaning owning of oneself, vignani ayandi vai balat. So balat, per force, vignani ayandi, the obstacles present themselves whether you like them or not. It is the nature of obstacles just to occur. Shriyamsi Bhavignani, it is said that when you are and you are undertaking anything auspicious thing, then lots of obstacles come. When you undertake something auspicious, obstacles come. This is the most auspicious thing that anybody can do, and therefore it is quite likely that many obstacles may come. So we should know and we should be prepared for them. When obstacles come, then we have to confront them. So vignani ayante vai balat. Balat per force they come, uninvited they come. Because there is nature of obstacles to come. What are they? Anusandhana rahityam alasyam Bhogalalasam Anusandhana Rahityam Lack of Anusandhanam Anusandhanam means keeping focus. You know, for example, when a, an archer aims at his target, it's called Anusandhanam. He's aiming at the target. So Anusandhanam. There were sometimes you become, you know, the, the goal, etc., the aiming... All the concentration, you know, suffers. <clears throat> Alasyam, sometimes laziness can come, idleness can come. Okay, we'll do it tomorrow, we'll do it later. Bhogal alasam, may have a cup of tea. How about having a watching a movie? Bhogal alasam. Because these things are there in the mind. You know, some fascination for the pleasure and pleasures are there, so sometimes they assert themselves. Sometimes, you know, you lose an interest, say, okay, we'll do it later. So when you, you like to do something only when there's something is pleasure, pleasant. This practice is not very pleasant. So mind, uh, he loses interest. And the avoid postpones, alasyam, laziness. You know you should do, but you don't do that. Layaha, tamogan, sleep also can come because then there is no interest. Then slowly and slowly the mind finds its own way of avoiding it. Falls asleep, you know. Layaha, tamaha, dullness comes. Vikshepaha, distraction comes. So this layaha, tamar, tamas. Vikshepaha is rajas. <coughs> Rasas vadaha, tasting of joy, that is sattva. So, tamas, rajas and sattva, all these three can present obstacles. So, when the mind becomes overcome by tamas or tamoguna, then there is first dullness and then sleep. So, there is tamas. When the mind gets overcome by rajas, becomes distracted, becomes very active and goes out and runs around. But then, when the mind becomes sattvic, then there is a joy of what you are doing. 
So this process becomes very joyful when the mind is sattvic. So when you start rasa, when you start enjoying it, then that itself becomes an obstacle. This is it now, though I don't want to give it up. So that pleasure that comes by this meditation, etc., also generates joy, and you are contented with that. And therefore, that contentment with that joy also can become an obstacle. Therefore, it says, Gaudabhadacharya, Daya Sambhode Chittam Vikshiptam Samayetpunaha Sakashaya Vijaniyat What is it? Samapraptam Nachalet Naswade Sukham Tatra Nisangaha Prajnayabhavet so, Gaudabhadra says there can be obstacles to tamas, rajas and sattva. Laya sambhode chitam and laya comes. When sleep comes, then sambhode, wake up the chitta, wake up the mind. Don't let it sleep. Then, vikshiptam shamayetpa. When you find mind is agitated, then quieten it. Remove the cause of agitation, quieten the mind. Sometimes mind just becomes tabdham, becomes uh, locked up, doesn't do anything. There is no... So, somehow the mind becomes stunned. Doesn't go back, doesn't forward, nothing. So, kashayam vijaya, understand some kashaya, some impurities there which has made the mind stunned like this. Okay, let it go. Don't do anything about it. Then, samapraptam, when the mind becomes samam, na chalet, don't do anything. When the mind becomes samam means when the mind becomes resolved. Or sameness is there. Meaning sattvikta is there. There is no rajas, no tamas. Then, na swade sukham tatra. Then there will be swada of sukham. Don't stop there. Nisangha prajna bhavet. Then by prajna bhavet viveka, become detached from that sukha also. That I am not the experience of sukha. I am sukha. So don't retain the bhaktaratva. So the teachers, you know, describe the obstacles in different ways. So you know the rasaswada, the same in order. Tamaha, vikshepaha, rasaswadaha. Sunyata, sometimes blankness. No thought is there. But at the same time, no knowledge also is there. So shun, you can call it kashaya, you know. And so, shunyata is there, blankness is there. So, these are the evam yad vignabahulyam. This and, and Yoga Shastra also describes many obstacles. Vyadis, tyana, samshaya, pramada, alasya, virati, etc. They say disease also can be an obstacle. When the body is uh, overcome by some disease, that itself becomes an obstacle. Styanam, slothfulness, you just feel very heavy and slothful and that also becomes an obstacle. Then samshaya, doubt, is this the way to do? I don't know, really. So when doubt comes in the efficacy of what you are doing, then also it becomes an obstacle. Pramada, instead of doing this, you do something else. Alasya, you know what to do, but you then pull, you don't do it. Avirati, lack of vairagya, lack of the rasasvada. So, even Yoga Shastra also has described several obstacles, some of which are listed here. Even Vyadvigna Bahalyam, 
This Vigna Bahulyam, the multiplicity of obstacles. Tyajyam Brahmavidashanaihi, the Brahmavid Anur Brahman should slowly and slowly get rid of these obstacles. Confront them and get rid of them. Meaning that one should not submit to these obstacles. Otherwise, one stops and therefore obstacles will come. And you must have the conviction and determination to overcome those obstacles, do whatever is required. <clears throat> so that is by the way. Alright. Then what? Prutireva Bandamokshakaranam. So this, there is a verse in Vedanta, or in, you know, a famous verse. Mana eva manushyanam karanam bandhamokshayo. That mind itself is the cause of bondage and liberation for human beings. Call it mind or call it thought. The thought alone is bondage and thought alone is liberation. So vritti reva bandhamokshya karanam. A thought alone can become the cause of bondage and the cause of liberation. So that's what he said in the next verse. Bhava vrutyahi bhavatvam Shunya vrutyahi shunyata Brahma vrutyahi purnatvam Taya purnatvam abhyaset He stands here is Tatha, okay. So Bhavrutyai Bhavatvam Bhav means something that Bhavati the Bhava, something that exists, some object. Bhav when there is an object thought. Like so Bhavrutya Ghatakara Vrutya. Meaning that when there is a thought of the nature of Ghatapata, etc., of an object. So if you maintain that kind of a thought. You become what the thought is. This is the thing here. As a thought, so the man. So if you keep on maintaining ghata, 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 whatever, that's what you become. It's the nature of mind to become what it thinks because mind is a very malleable thing and therefore it can take any shape. It can mold it into any kind of a uh, mold. So just as a melted metal we assume the shape of the mold, so also the mind can be molded in whatever we want. So the mind keeps on thinking about objects. That's what it will become. Lord Krishna says, Yandi Deva Vrata Deva and Pitrunyandi Pitru Vrataha Bhutaniyandi Bhutejaha Yandi Madhya Janopema. If you keep on thinking about Devatas, Devatas, then you become Devatas. Bhutaniyanti Bhutejaha. Pitru Pitrun. If you think of Pitru, then you become that. If you become Bhuta, means all the objects, you become that. If you think of me, you wear me. So, mind is all the possibility of becoming whatever it is that we want. That's why meditation. See, all of this unique contribution that this culture has given to the whole world. And as far as the Patanjali Yoga Sutra is concerned, it is brilliant and unparalleled. This contribution is unparalleled. 
and nobody can improve upon that. It's perfect. All politics is going on, this Christian yoga, this yoga, that yoga, and then that's anyway. But then, as I say, so, the simple rule is that you are, as, as, the, man, as the mind, so the man. And that it is up to us to mold the mind. That is the whole thing called meditation. Upasana. Very unique in this culture. Meditation. That you have the freedom to mold your mind, therefore give an object of meditation, keep on doing that, then that's what it will become. So bhava bhava. If you take something object, bhava means something that exists. If that's what the mind keeps on thinking, that's what it will become. Shunya vrityaya shunyata. On the other hand, if you keep your mind shunyam, that's what some people want. Thoughtlessness. So if you, if you, or if you become shunya, shunya means all the jarata. So bhava is all rajas, thinking of an object. Tamas is jarata. If you make, keep my mind tamas, then that is what it becomes. So if you make, keep your mind jaram, shunya, then it becomes shunya, jada. Brahma-vṛttyāya-pūrṇatvam On the other hand, if you keep on maintaining a Brahma-vṛtti in the mind, the mind becomes Brahman. Pūrṇatvam, it attains Pūrṇatvam, fulfillment, wholeness. So, Brahma-vṛttyāya-pūrṇatvam, He, what is He? Loka-prasiddhi is well known. That the mind becomes what it thinks. And particularly the mind maintains the reason why meditation is to maintain the same thought for a length of time so that the mind becomes that. So similarly also, Brahma Vritya, the mind maintains the thought of Brahman, becomes Brahman. Brahma Vrityaya Brahmatvam. So this is the nature of mind. This is brought to our attention. Look, mind is like that. And then the mind becomes what it thinks. So it's up to you as to what you want to make of your mind. Brahma Vrityaya Purnatvam Maintain the thought of Brahman. Well, mind becomes Brahman, becomes poor and complete, whole. Tathataya Purnatvam Abhyased And therefore, you should always Abhyased, practice Purnatvam, Purnam. Maintain that thought, Aham Brahma, I am Purna, I am complete, there is no lack, no want. Right now I keep on thinking, I'm lacking. We, that's what we think. We are not deliberately thinking, but there is an undercurrent all the time in our mind, I'm lacking, I'm wanting, I'm no good, and this. And thus we become all helpless, hapless, you know, creatures. Always seeking favor and always seeking, please do this to me, please help me, please love me. All, all the time begging, that's what, because begging is going on in the mind. Unconsciously. So, we see, we have made ourselves reward we are. You can't blame my mother has done this and father has done this, somebody has done it. Whoever they are, but then it's ultimately we who do it to ourselves. And we blame other people. But we have may not paid attention to what kind of thoughts are going on in our mind and what complexes are going on in our mind. We don't have not paid attention. We allowed it to happen. And so mind is what it is. All right, that's what it is. Start from now. Understand that you are what your mind is and mind is what it thinks. So let that be right thoughts in the mind. 
good thoughts in the mind if nothing else thoughts of compassion thoughts of daya thoughts of helping thoughts of contribution something like that we can do to begin with then thoughts of ishvara then thoughts of brahma and so daya purnatma abhyase therefore mevan abhyase practice purnatvam i am purna purnam because it is a fact see mind can become that because it is a reality of mind other things mind may not remain for a long time if the mind becomes something else it is unnatural that it may not be able to retain it for a long time but this being the nature of the mind it becomes that <clears throat> okay so we'll take a break here in this point Oh.